It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously. Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. You'll never be alone. showing that LeBron video again on ESPN here. Oh my God. <laughs> when he just grabs his head. <laughs> I want to leave Cleveland. It was. Uh, it's very clear that he's not asking, as a guy with a photo photographic memory, he's not asking. We didn't have any timeouts. He's yeah. asking like, you really? We didn't. You, you really? T- I want this you up? to tell me that we didn't have a timeout. Yes. Tell me. Yes. All right, Dave's got some questions here. He's playing with an upper body injury. We'll let you guys figure out what the upper body injury is. My favorite part of that video, I, and I just noticed it for the first time. LeBron asks the question about the timeout, like he can't believe it, and then you know slumps back, throws his head in his hands. He's distraught. Meanwhile, Kyle Korver is over there with the towel draped around his shoulders. Hey, man, come on. Let's pick it up here. Let's go. That's his yeah, job. Dude. Yes. Cheerleader for the Cavs. Oh, it's LeBron fantastic. pulls a knife on him. <laughs> back off. <laughs> Get out of here. Let's talk about that game then tonight. We've got game three on these airwaves. Seven o'clock the coverage. Eight o'clock or so the tip. Cavs and Warriors. Here's the question. Is there anything that can happen tonight aside from the Warriors all Tomorrow. getting injured? Tomorrow. Did I say tonight? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Whatever it yeah. is. Is there anything that can happen that will convince you the Cavaliers have a chance? Yes. If they win game three, I will still think they have a chance. Because if they win game three, it tells me they can win the home games. And then if they can just get one more Herculean LeBron effort in Golden State. Yeah, I laugh, but they if they won LeBron. Yes, if they won game three... Tomorrow night, I would say, okay, like I wouldn't put a lot of money on them to win the series, but they've definitely shown in game one, and then we'll see what happens at home that they can put up a fight. Um, so that would uh, that would make it would make me pause a little bit. When we did the odds exercise last week, I told you at that time, and I will stick with with it. Golden State's going to win, but there is no way I'm going to bet against LeBron. And so the thing that tells me that they've got a chance is. He's out there. And as long as he's there, I'm not going to completely dismiss the Cavs. On Sunday, that should have been a complete blowout. Like, that should have been, and it was at the end, but that should have been a 25-point game the entire game. And at one point, I think in the second half, it was down to seven. 
So the fact that LeBron is living, breathing, he's tired, but he can still play, I can't dismiss him. When you say that Golden State's going to win, but you'd never bet against LeBron, is that like the ultimate hedge? Is that like the, mo- the most you can ever it hedge means a there's sports no opinion? Way, it, it means I, <laughs> I will not bet against Cleveland, although in my heart of hearts, I'm convinced that Golden State is going to win and they might sweep. But LeBron almost won game one that's by a, himself. That's a pro hedge by you right there. By himself? A pro hedge. It means I'm not betting. No, it me- it means that when gambling... Well, you don't bet anyways, so okay. But when gambling comes to, to this fine state and sucks <laughs> me up, and all of a sudden I'm homeless and I'm doing nothing but betting on the White Sox and Cleveland and the Dallas Stars... If you're my, homeless and still betting, my life, I think you my right. life has gone to hell, I wouldn't bet against LeBron James. Because I'm told that, that once ga- once gambling starts, it's not going to stop. That's what I'm told. It sucks you up, and that's it. Is it today? Gambling starts in Delaware? Yes. I think today was day one. If I was in Delaware right now, I would be destitute. Oh, well, you'd have a Twins doubleheader to bet on. You would. would. be outstanding. Gilito, right? Yes. Pitching for the Whiteys? Yes, he's, he's game two, I believe. You know, he has an ERA over seven. Hopefully his father isn't listening and uh, is going to tweet storm me like Hunter Green's dad did last night. I love the fact you got Hunter Green's dad mad at you. You're just looking to generate more clicks on social media. Yeah, this is typical like, uh, of the Mackey, the, the way Mackey works. Every time I tweet about Hunter Green, I get 4,000 new followers. It's awesome. I'm going to go home tonight and just tweet LeVar 100 Ball's times next. about him. LeVar Ball's next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can get LeVar Ball mad, dude, I will respect you so much. You could gain followers getting LeVar Ball mad because he has a lot of followers. True. Not the Greens. Question number two. I think it's fairly safe to say neither of you two are fans of our current sitting president, Mr. Donald Trump, POTUS number 45. Okay, in, first of all, that's a loaded question, but that wasn't the question. Well, let me we'll answer it since you've at twelve oh eight. At twelve oh eight, especially. Loaded. I think it, it, regardless of what your politics are, I think there's a lot of people that are just frustrated with the, with the way that he pours gas on fires, and I hate that. I hate the fact that he just like pokes, pokes, pokes in situations where it's not warranted, and that's what the Eagles thing feels like. Simple question: If you were a member of the Eagles, would you visit the White House? Um. But- Previously, in, in that small group, Today. in that small, oh yeah, I'd go. Oh hell yeah, I'd go. I are you kidding? Me being me too, I'd be curious. Yes, I would. I would go in <laughs> would a. You bring your basketball. I yes, I'd bring my basketball. I'd challenge uh, the Prez to a game, pickup game, bad shot and all. Yeah. Yes, I would go because my curiosity about what the hell is go- going on there <laughs> is so high. I would not pass up the chance. I would. Uh, I'd be more loyal to my team and my teammates than I would be to the president in this case. So I would want to ask them. I'd want to know. There's been a lot of vague things thrown out, like, "Well, 81 people committed to go, but it's just going to be a what was the White House statement? A tiny handful were actually going to go, and so we cancel it because people deserve a bigger crowd or whatever." Because we had a thousand Eagles fans coming. If too. I had a bunch of teammates that felt really passionate about it, I would stand by my teammates, and I would and I would not go. There's one person who would know about a tiny handful. He's <laughs> got small hands. I'd still go. Much like Dante Culpepper, the normal size hands. Everyone loves these hands. The fantastic hands. Remember those Burger King commercials where the guy couldn't eat a Whopper because he had tiny hands? <laughs> those creep me out. I always thought those were really weird, didn't you? Ah, I just, I'd really like to have, I'd, <laughs> like I'd really, really like to weird. eat that burger, but I've got these tiny hands, like how, man. Who, who pitched the Whopper that? Whopper Jr. 
Probably the same guy who pitched the Burger King guy in the mask. Uh, now that guy Just was creepy, but awesome. One heck of a run. Years of creepy Burger King ads. Yeah, we got this Burger <laughs> Junior. What should we do? How about you have tiny hands so you can't eat a... <laughs> You're, can you imagine if you rank the things that would just horrify you? If you woke up in the middle of the night and saw the Burger King guy staring into your bedroom like that one commercial. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'd be done. Heart attack unless right there. He, unless he had a bag of rodeo burgers, then I'm in. Totally that does sound in. delightful. Uh, there was a hockey game last night. We're going to talk to Chris Long, Caps fan at 1230. His Caps, his Caps, the Minnesota Vikings of the NHL, are one game away from clinching their very first Stanley Cup, boys. 3-1, heading back to Vegas. Percent chance they close it out. Period or in Vegas? Period. Okay. <laughs> Either winning 5, 6, or 7. Because you oh. know a true Caps fan is thinking, hmm. 40? So I'm going to trust... Yeah, 35. I'm going to trust Judd's math here from earlier that the Capitals only close out 58% of the time, but the league closes out 92% of the time when up 3-1. to Yes, sir. I'm going to trust your math on that. (laughs) That's a wonderful discrepancy. I'm going to say it's somewhere in between that it's it's certainly not the league percentage. (laughs) They close it out two out of three times. So 66.7% of the time, two out of three times, the Capitals close it out. I think they're going to, I think the sweat is going to continue back to Washington, D.C. I think they're going to lose in Vegas. And then, yep. That's where like game well, six, they can't go game to six, they can't gets go to real they can't go to game seven. seven. Do they have a chance? They can't go. No. Ah. They do not have a chance in a game seven. They have to win it in either game five or game six, which is why well, the chances are reduced. See, I predicted, write that down. It was going to be caps in seven. I've I've given that up. You can buzz me right now. There's no way they lose the <laughs> yep. next two and win the last one. No way. Uh, they. I agree with Phil. They lose game five. They get tighter, but then they they go home and they win game six. So I think it's caps in six, which is fine. But oh my gosh, Chris Long is going to be a complete mess for game six then. Because you're right. If they if they happen to go back to Washington and lose that game, it is over. The Vegas Golden Knights are your Stanley Cup champions. But I'll agree with Phil. Game six ends with a Washington victory and they get to carry the ice or get to carry the cup around the, the ice with Ovi having his first Stanley Cup championship. This is where I want I want to ask Chris this question. We're going to have him on later this hour, but you're on the brink of the most, the, you know, the, the the biggest rush if you're a Capitals fan that you could possibly imagine. But is it more torturous to watch all these games and to have watched the last? If two you're months? a Vikings fan, what's the answer to the question? It's tor- like it's they, very torturous, right? It's I mean it's it's like, torturous, but it's also it's also now to to the point of when Blair Walsh attempted that that twenty seven yard field goal, you told the people at your party he's going to miss. So it's torturous, but you also know. So if you're a Caps fan and you lose game six, you're just going to be like, well, I'll watch game seven, I guess, but we're probably going to lose. And and you'll lose in an epic fashion, too. You'll lose on an overtime goal or something just awful. And it's a wonderful sports mindset to have your team score three in the first period last night, go up 4-0 in the second, and just be thinking, wow, how are they going to blow this one? I can't wait to find out. <laughs> See, but I, I think it makes it almost worse because the, the more I thought about this, you don't blow it in that game. Now you now you lose, though, in game five, and now you start to tighten up. And in game six, you lose. That's the one that you blow, and now you've blown game six, and you go to Vegas, and you're like, oh, my God, this is basically going to rip my heart out again. Well, Just, the stat I gave you is incredible. Always looking around the corner, waiting for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's too good to be true. 
The Washington Capitals have lost 10 series in their franchise history after leading by two games. Most of any major professional sports franchise, as tweeted by Chris Long. So we'll buckle up. We'll, all right, we'll talk to Chris later. Uh, Zach Littell is making his Twins and Major League debut in Game 2 of the doubleheader tonight against the White Sox. He's one of the prospects they got from the Yankees in that Jaime Garcia trade last year. The artist formerly known as Curse of Punto, who covers Twins minor league baseball for us at 1500ESPN.com, will join us for a couple minutes when we come back. Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Well, you don't really have a choice. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Ready to be back in business or what? On 1500 ESPN. Thank you, Dave. All right, we have a Twins lineup for game one of a traditional, the rare traditional doubleheader today at Target Field against the White Sox. Brian Dozier leading off, playing a second base, obviously. Rosario DHing and batting in the two spot. They want, I'm guessing they want his bat in the lineup for both games, and so give him a rest. Mm-hmm. DH sense. that first one. Uh, Miguel Sano playing first base and batting third. Strikeout twice. And and both times with Rosario having been intentionally walked in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. Eduardo Escobar at third base, Max Kepler, Robbie Grossman in left. Cross your fingers. Uh, Ryan Lamar in center field, Adrianza, and then uh, Wilson catching Romero on the mound. I am going with Sano today. I am going with six strikeouts total. Oh, for both games? He won't get to eight. <laughs> I don't think he can get to eight like Judge did, but I'm going with six today. All right. I'll take, you know what? Take if, it's, if it's six and a half, I'll take the under. If it's five and a half, I'll take the over. I'm putting it at five and a half. All right, let's get to, uh, I've, I've actually known Jake for, I don't know, like probably eight or nine years. He is the artist formerly known as Curse of Punto on Twitter. Jake DePew writes about the Twins minor league system for 1500ESPN.com. And tonight, Zach Littell is one of the two pitchers they got back in that Jaime Garcia trade from the Yankees last year. And he makes his major league debut he is, uh, let me see here, 22 years old, going to be 23 in October. Jake, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us what you know about Zach Littell from uh, talking to him and covering him with the Red Wings. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Littell, I'm excited to talk about Littell. I do also want to pitch a potential solution to Judd's shooting woes. Wow. Uh, oh, nice. Bring this on, uh, yes. Please. Love it. No, pitch, yeah. pitch right now. Yeah, okay, so... I watched the video. I spent a lot of time digesting sort of what I saw in that video. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll get over it eventually. But uh, my solution, Williams Arena, the barn. Yeah. It has the softest rims of any arena I think I've ever seen. Okay. So, yeah, so we spent four years watching Ralph Sampson third, Elliot Eliasson, like guys like that just throwing up brick after brick and the ball – of bouncing around on the rim and going in. They have yeah. a similar tra- kind of trajectory on their on their shots that you do. I like so, this uh, idea. Yeah, I think if you could if you could somehow hook up uh, with uh, with Patino and you to, to to get you into the barn uh, for your next Houston Rockets challenge. I think I, I think, think Jake's I, right on this. I would need some help before that. Could you would you even be able to? I guess they have steps going up to the race court. I'd be worried about you like hurting yourself getting up on oh, the no, race no, court. Oh no, no, they've got steps. Okay. Or chasing the ball after you but miss. But the depth perception problem for me m- might cause an issue because it's on a raised floor, so the depth perception on the basket would be a little bit different. Or is it possible that depth perception was the main issue when you were shooting at the park and Williams Arena would adjust it perfectly? Hey, Jake, I- I've got one question. Mm-hmm. Am I as bad as Ralph? No. Okay, no, thanks. Absolutely not. I feel better now. <laughs> no, He's he's the worst I've ever seen at, at any level. Yeah, yeah, but but Tim Duncan had a calm demeanor too. So 
Yeah. yeah. I just want to I just want to confirm because you know what? I'm tougher, Jake. That's the key. I'm tougher. I'll foul, I'll fight. Yeah. You'll get you'll get you'll go on the paint and I'll not send, be worried about getting tased. I will send a message <laughs> as us hockey players are want to do, Jake. Yeah, exactly. I I can't wait to see it. I think you're going to have a lot of success and uh yeah, I, I can't wait for the next Houston Rockets challenge. It's Thank gonna you. Be great. It's going to happen. He's been practicing. Uh, so what what can you tell us about Zach Littell, Jake? <laughs> so Littell's an interesting pitcher. I've, I've been sort of his hype man for the last year since he was traded over. Um, he he's not going to blow you away with velocity. So he throws his fastball tops out at like ninety one, ninety two. So I don't think it's going to be a Fernando Romero situation where everybody's blown away by by his stuff, but. He has four really solid pitches. Uh, he throws a fastball, like I said, in the low 90s, curveball, changeup, and slider. Um, and his control is outstanding. So his walk rate, I think he has like a, a 6.5% career walk rate. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but he, he knows how to pitch, and he has really good control. And his numbers are amazing. So, I mean, he, he, his ERA last year uh, in his age 21 season at AA was more than a run lower than Romero and uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, so, at 21, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think he gets undervalued in, in prospect rankings just because he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but um, his strikeout rate is, is was better than Romero's last year at yeah. AA, so... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's an interesting prospect, and he doesn't. And like you said, he doesn't. Obviously, he was. He didn't come up through the Twins. He actually came up through Seattle's organization, and then the Yankees got a hold of yep. him when he was twenty-one. And so sometimes when guys come in like that, if you've been following Barrios from draft day, or you know Buxton or Sano from when they're teenagers, it's sometimes when a guy gets traded over, it's hard to know where to slot him. But this is almost certainly, wouldn't you agree, Jake? This is almost certainly going to just be a spot start. He goes back down. And because they, it's Lance Lynn is probably the last guy in their rotation right now, and he's been good enough yeah. lately to where this is just a spot star. But if he performs well, maybe he jumps over Gonsalves as the as the go to guy uh, long term later this season. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think it pretty much has to be a spot star because he's the twenty sixth man, um, right? Double header. But I do think it's interesting that they picked him over Gonsalves because Gonsalves is pitching tonight for Rochester, so he mm. could have had that start. Um, and so I think that that tells you something about sort of what Salvi and, and Levine think of Littell, that, that they're giving him this opportunity as opposed to uh, Gonzalez. So, yeah, I mean, if he does well, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised, especially if the Twins end up as sellers at the trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's in the rotation by the second half of the year. Hey, Jacob, how far is Gordon uh, from the, the, the bigs in, in your, your mind, just as far as the progression goes, he went, went from double-A a couple weeks ago up to Rochester, how far is he from uh, potentially taking that next step to being here? I mean, I think the bat is pretty much ready, mm-hmm. uh, and and Levine said that a couple of weeks ago that that the bat was pretty much major league ready. I just I think they have a lot of questions uh, about his glove and whether he can stick at shortstop, and so I think that's why they're sort of slow playing him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to a few evaluators who really question uh, his range. Um, he's not fast. He's not quick the way his his older brother is, um, and so I think there there are a lot of questions about his range of shortstop, and so I think that's what's holding him back right now. I still see him as potentially a replacement for Dozier um, at second. Uh, so I, I, I think that as far as the bat, he could be up right away, making an impact, and you could make an argument that based on the production they've gotten from you know Adrian's and Petit and, and guys like that, maybe he should have been up when Sano was out for a month, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the big issue with him is really just the glove and what his final 
defensive position is, is going to be. Yeah. The one guy that I was, and I, it's not that I'm not high on him still, but he got off to such a slow start. He's been heating up lately. Brent Rooker, I thought, was maybe going to be up after the All-Star break this year based on yep. the way he hit last year. A slow start at AA. Uh, the strikeouts are always going to be a thing for him. But it wouldn't shock me if he became a September call-up. Where, where are you on Brent Rooker overall, not just this year but long-term? Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he, if you look at his college numbers, he took a huge jump from his sophomore to his junior year. He had an OPS, like it was well over 1,000 uh, his junior year, at, at playing in the SEC at Mississippi State, which is by far the best college baseball conference in the, in the country. And um, I think they want to fast-track him. So if you look at other SEC hitters that have come out, like Andrew Benatendi in Boston and uh, Bregman in Houston, those guys spent uh, one to two years in the minors and then were up. Um, and so I think that's sort of the goal with, with Rooker. He's hitting a lot now. He, he's had a really slow start, like you said, but in May he's slugging over, over 500. Um, yeah. So I'm big on him. He, you know, I, I think defensively he's pretty mediocre, but I, I, he plays first. So he could be potentially a long-term uh, answer for, uh, you know, once, once Maurer retires or, yeah. or leaves, um, assuming Sinel's going to be a DH. Yeah. So. Uh, hey, thanks for the the shooting advice yeah, for Judd. It, Jake. We Thank pre- you. If you want to follow Jake, by the way, he writes uh, he writes about also go for men's basketball for fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. It's just at Jake Depew D E P U E, the artist formerly known as Curse of Punto. Yes, yes. All right, dude. I, I miss the Curse of Punto days. You should. You might. You might consider creating a burner account for yourself. I mean, everyone's going to know it's you, but you know. <laughs> Maybe I already do. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a chance you've got one already. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate right. it. See you, Jake. Appreciate right, the help. Jeff. All right, uh, Jake. That's DePue. not a bad idea, actually. What, you go to Williams soft Arena? Rims. I just don't know. The depth perception might be off there for me. It, I don't know that it would help The soft rims didn't help Rodney Williams. I don't know if they'd help you. I don't know. <sighs> there's a lot of work to be done still. A uh, lot of work to be done. Chris Long, is he... Is he ready, breathing into a brown paper bag? Is he going to join us next? I hope so. All right, we'll talk to Chris. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. This is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Guys that can make a difference. Guys that can give you that spark. Guys that give you something just a little bit different. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Got something to do and it's Bender Kuznetsov's save, rebound, score! Oshie! Watch what happens to TJ Oshie. Johnny on the spot from his skate to his stick to the back of the net. Kuznetsov, the rolling puck, where he fights it off, and then the nifty footwork by Oshie. Second chance opportunity. All right, Longer. Chris Long from 5 Eyewitness News. Is this... Now one game away from your beloved Capitals cashing in their first Stanley Cup ever. Has this been more torturous for the last seven weeks or more joyous for you? Kind of right in the middle. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, <laughs> or I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you blow a, you lose the first two if I remember correctly, to Columbus. Correct. Uh, you blow a 2-0 to Tampa. Uh, the Pittsburgh series was as roller coaster as you're ever going to see. I have those out of order, but you get the gist. Um, no, I mean, it's been fun, but it just, it, it's so weird. I was thinking about 20 minutes ago. I said, all right, how am I going to handle this with these guys? I, you know, I'm not trying to do a bid or anything. I just, I don't even want to think about 
the fact that, you know, Thursday night is a hockey game. It's a big hockey game that I'm going to be very excited for. I don't think I'm going to start thinking about what really is on the line until there's maybe two minutes left in the game if they're up by five goals. Um, so it's been joyous in that there's been some great hockey. Just as a hockey fan, it's been fun to watch, but it's just tough being, and again, we've talked, the, the common theme through this whole thing has been the, the relationship between Minnesota sports fans and Washington Capitals fans. It's just you, you, you don't ever want to count any chickens before they're hatched. And, uh, you know, there's only one chicken left to hatch. <laughs> As tweeted by you last night, we are talking about a Washington Capitals franchise that's lost 10 series after after having a two-game lead in the playoffs. That's the most, as you tweeted, of any major professional sports franchise. So tell me this. If we get down to late in uh, Game 5, and let's say that Ve- Vegas has come back and they've got a comfortable lead, and now you know you're going to a Game 6, how are you going to feel knowing that with a franchise like the Vikings or Capitals, if you don't win in Game Six, it, the the gods ordinarily don't like you. Uh, absolutely, uh, a lot of people are asking. My family said, "You know, are you?" I, I, here, here's here's the best way I can answer this question. So they win the game last night. Yep. And there's no way I'm going to be able to go, and the, the flights are ridiculous, and the tickets are even more ridiculous. But I'm looking. I'm like, boy, I'm off on Friday and Saturday this week. If I flew out Friday, I could go to the game Saturday come back Sunday to work, or even if I just went and just hung around there. Uh, now, what dashed all that is, I had the days wrong. I thought game six was going to be on Saturday. It's actually on Sunday, so that completely takes it out of play. But the, the, the whole point you're missing there is that I'm assuming already now there's going to be a game six. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't planning on going to a victory parade. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, might be able to... yep. I, I think you're right. I think I think that that the Caps are, are going to lose Game Five, but the que- the question for you then gets to be: Is that Game Six is it fun or complete torture? Because as a Caps fan, you know you know that if they they don't win Game Six, you are now in a situation where you don't even probably want to have to watch Game Seven. Yeah, but that's where the payoff is. I mean, it, you know, no matter what happens in the game, obviously if they win Game Five, we don't have to worry about it. The fact that we're only talking about what could happen in Game Six again tells you all you need to know, but. It'll be a great game. I'll enjoy it. The one trend that sits that, that makes me feel okay is they've been pretty amazing at home all year, especially in the playoffs. Teams just don't score on the Capitals in Washington. So, you know, unless they get trucked 6-1 or something on, on Thursday night in game five, you know, you shake that off. You go, okay, no big deal. Go home. Take care of business. It's fine. Uh, now, during the 60 minutes of that game, I'm going to, live and die on every possession of the puck. Yeah. I can't get over the fact that in the the game after the Capitals, this is historically, the game after the Capitals take a two-game series lead, so whether it's up 2-0 or up 3-1, the next game, they are, I think you tweeted this, 14-43? and 43? Almost impossible to believe that that's accurate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Talk about, like, letting your guard down once you get a lead in the series, and that's over multiple rosters and coaches and Sort of generations. Well, not that many coaches. I mean, I think it's three of them. Okay. Four Barry Trotz. I don't know if Barry Trotz, was he there for the first one against the Rangers? I don't know that he's got, no, I think that would have been, oh, maybe he was. Anyway, I, this team, you know, we always say this even here in Minnesota, this team feels different. Something about this team, the problem is they've always relied on one thing. Back in my day, they always seemed to have the hot goalie that would be scorching hot for four games and then would allow five goals, six goals, four goals, and they'd blow their 3-1 lead. 
after that, it was Alex Ovechkin. Watching this team this year, they're coming at teams, you know, under, or, uh, uh, I think we lost Chris. I think he's disappearing. I think we just lost Chris That's okay. There. Is Chris driving into work? We, we got just, the feeling for walking. it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to ask him. Uh, he saw your shooting video, and he actually had some thoughts, too, on... Actually, I want to ask... Who doesn't him. have Hold thoughts on, on my shooting? There. Chris, do, are you there? Who I'm doesn't? Ba- I'm back. Sorry, yeah. Continue, continue your thought, and then I have I have a question for you. Are you there? Yeah, I mean, you know what's going on here. No, I think... Yeah, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you I go. I'm back. Oh, you're back? Okay, there oh, we go. We're glad to have you back. This is a great radio. <laughs> we're glad to have you back. Hey, sorry. Can you hear me now? Sorry, Can you hear me now? on that side of the microphone. I'm going to turn this is, this is the Pat story that I told yesterday. Yeah. And we got Kevin Seifert. Kevin? Are you there? <laughs> Kevin? Nah! Right. <laughs> um, I'm up the thought that I was trying to make. Okay. It, it's just, it's sort of the... It's kind of like investing. You don't ever want to invest in just one stock. You want to diversify your portfolio. I feel like this year they've got just they're such a diverse. The defense is strong. Holtby's been out of his mind. It hasn't been just Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, everybody's uh, been contributing. And, and, you know, John Carlson scores a great goal last night. So even if one guy has a bad night, I think I can weather the storm. And that's why I'm not worried with – I don't want to think about Game 7. With two chances to win it, I feel pretty guardedly optimistic. For sure. Uh, so Chris Long's with us from Five Edmonds News here. You were we were sitting together at dinner the other night watching the Capitals, and also uh, you looked a couple different times at the Judd Houston Rockets twenty seven three point challenge. Now, have you heard? First of all, we want your thoughts on uh, on the video itself. Judd did purchase a basketball yesterday, yep. and spent some time at a park by himself while people were they were onlookers watching him take practice shots to try to improve his form. Uncomfortable as could be. Yeah, so but I he's, did it. He's definitely, uh, he's definitely working on his form. What shooting form were you working on? Uh, actually trying to find what went so wrong on Saturday. And I realized part of my problem was I was trying to shoot with both my hands, and I needed to use my left hand clearly as, as the guide, but my my dominant hand now more in play. This is not this is not near being a polished or finished product, but I wouldn't imagine. But there were but there were positive steps and recognition made of what is going to make me a lights out three point shooting type point guard in the coming months. Let's say I don't know about all that, but I would assume <laughs> that the learning curve has been pretty steep because considering what I saw on that first shot, um, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Oh, I know. I, mean, I could go. Out- I could go. I'm not a good basketball player, but I, you know, I'll play a pickup game here and there. But if I went out and worked on my shot for an hour, I don't know that I would improve it that much. I would have to think from where your baseline was. You, you yeah, you should be able to see some marked improvement in an hour of shooting. Exactly, exactly. So I, so I, I am going to con- continue very privately to work at this until I can try again and actually not embarrass myself this time. I mean, the goal of making one shot, right? Or are we raising the bar now? Well, I think the goal of making one from... It was from, one. From, uh, well, the, re- the original experiment was supposed to be NBA three-point range. Yeah, not going to happen. You chose a court with a college three-point line and stood right up next to it. High school. Closer than that. So, well, yeah. So high school three-point line. Uh, I think the next question is Judd, Judd wants to uh, get out on the street hockey surface, and he'd like to be a goalie. I think there has to be kind of a, like a Judd athletic challenge here. Judd, street hockey goalie. I've volunteered to be the left-handed shot, but getting Judd Chris on a golf course for the first time in a long time could also be entertaining. 
Oh, oh well, you've played before. Yes. First time in a long time, not first time ever. Correct. Absolutely. I, Par I three courses. I can't do golf with people that have never played before. Cause it's just <laughs> oh, it would still be tough. Uh, the, the last time I played golf, probably because uh, I, I, during my newspaper days, used to play par three courses quite a bit. Uh, but the last time I played golf was probably a good 10 years ago, maybe. Wow. So it's been never quite a while. Never even like a media event. You never even no, like. No, I know, no. I quit. I retired. Man. Are you playing in the, uh, there's a media, oh no, it'll be during your show. It's Never during mind. the show tomorrow. The Vikings yeah. thing. Nope, I'm not. If somebody would take, if we could send intern Max to get video footage, we would gladly excuse you from the show if you would play in the Vikings media golf event. I, I don't have clubs. The, I'll give you, Mike, I've got some in the trunk. Dave's got some too. We'll give you two sets of clubs. No, left-handed. You can, it doesn't not, matter. I swing lefty. Oh, you can use lefty. <laughs> driving no. range. We should just go, go to a driving range to start with, boys. Yeah. We yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah, Chris Long's like, I got yeah. no interest in this. Long's like totally ducked out. No. I can't do that. No, I don't blame you. That's fine. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is not the course. To no, 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 no. If I go to a so course, right to it's got to be a par three course. No, it's got to be a par three. Okay, I'm not playing a full. Be the way to do it, Phil. You're right. If we're going to do it, let's go full on. Let's get all somebody at Hazel team and have Judd play 18 from the tips and just see what number. He's. Oh my gosh, yeah, no! That's an awful idea. And play full. We'll never full, get done. Full rules, no mulligans. Well, can, can Judd shoot? Would Judd be able to shoot under 160? I'll tear up their course. I'll ruin the course. Okay, from a from a DGen betting perspective, if we had Judd tee off from the tips at Hazel team, <laughs> no, what no. would the over under be? 155? No. Hi. Two or one. More, no, more towards two. Judd, be quiet for a second. Let Chris talk. I shot a one, like 16. Yeah. One well, shouldn't say decent. Okay. At least I know what I'm doing. It, it'd be more towards two. If you yeah, had me pull it, yeah. Mean, I'd say like 175. Yep. Wow. I'm with you. This would be, it would take six hours, but it would yeah, be amazingly no. fun. We'd all shoot 120, too. It's yeah, not like we whom? would be shooting well. All right. All right. Let's keep this in our back pocket, Chris. We'll see what happens. I like it. I'm in. All, right. All right. Good, Good luck, luck to the Caps. Good luck, Longer. Soon. Go Ovi. Yeah, the uh, only thing I wish, I wish the game was tomorrow. I don't like the schedule. It has me waiting three days. It's going to be a rough three days. I hate waiting that long. It's stupid. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Right. Bye-bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. See you, boys. Chris Long from 5 Out in this News. Yeah, it'd be 200. 175? 200-ish. It'd be 200-ish. Would, do you think that's accurate, Dave? Would it take Judd, who hasn't golfed in 10 years and probably wasn't, you know, How bad were years? you at a typical par 3 course? What would you shoot? Like, could you make a par well, on a par three, remember. or was it more like bogey? I could make a par. No, I could make a par. I, I didn't most of the time. I probably double bogeyed, may, maybe bogey. Hmm. But if we're, but Can that's you, a par three. Are you, would you be able to hit a ball? Like, how often would you be able to hit a ball? Like in the air, generally, at least a football field down. Once I got, once I played quite a bit, I could fairly consistently. So Not the ball great. There, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I wouldn't dribble the ball. I know. No, I did at times. I miss hit. I'll be careful saying that. Some shots. <laughs> but but that's a par three course. If you're playing a re if when when I was p- playing and when I tried to play regulation just courses, I was often if it was a par if it was par five or something, I would hit an eight often. So it would 18 be holes to get under a hundred, you're shooting about eleven. On every hole, that'll get you to 198, right? Yes. Yeah, that would be about right. I think I'd have to bet on you going under 200. If you put it at 190, I might not go that low. Because what would happen is strategy would kick in. If if the goal was like 180 or something, you would literally pick Judd's favorite club, whatever it is, if it's a pitching wedge. And your goal wouldn't be yeah, like your goal wouldn't be to play the hole traditionally. A driver off the tee and then try to find your ball and then play an iron. It would just be take a pitching wedge. 
and hit seven shots and just keep to going. get to the green, yep. get a nine or something. Matriculate down the course. Just keep it straight. That's yes. all we can. No distance. It'd be so fun. Just keep it out of the rough. <laughs> it would. It would take forever to get done. Though. We could put a charitable Feels cause right. in here. I think we should. Yeah, we should. I'm working on my basketball there. shot right now. All right. Someone says here. Uh, Brad says Judd would have to play sober. I don't know. That might be a deal breaker. Yeah, I might. <laughs> no one might want to do that. <laughs> we'll Judd or anyone else. <laughs> don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On fifteen hundred ESPN. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Now it's your turn. This is 1500 ESPN. Right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player, that's the 1500 ESPN stream player, you can win a digital HD download of Sherlock Gnomes plus a $100 cash card. New today on digital. Kick off summer with Sherlock Gnomes, the phenomenal comedy that critics are calling a fun-filled family adventure featuring all-star cast of voices including Emily Blunt and James McAvoy. Get Sherlock Gnomes on Voodoo.com now before Blu-ray rated PG from Paramount Pictures and Metro Goldwyn Mayer Pictures. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player for details on how you can win. I've always thought that would be, maybe they already do this on Golf Channel, but for our conversation from uh, last segment, if you took someone with zero to almost no golf experience who just like has kicked it around at a par three course or something and you work with that person for let's say it just became someone's full-time job for a year how good could you get just focusing eight hours a day you're training you're working with who's the guy of hank haney or something like some big swing coach could you go from in one year as an adult as a 40 some year old adult could you go from a 40 handicap or just some absurdly bad number to breaking 90 on a regular basis or breaking 85 on a regular basis? Like how good could you get in one year from scratch as a golfer? I think if you... With, with like no athletic ability. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Because if you took, I mean, if you took yeah. LeBron James and said, I know you've never golfed before, but yeah, you've got muscles good. and things and yeah. I'd say if you took if you took me right now and you and I did that, I'd say I could pretty... Probably after several several months of work, shoot in the high eighties. Probably, but I think yeah, but that's just a made up. You 90? Know, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Ninety. As someone who golfs, Dave, you're the best golfer of the show here, <laughs> which, which is isn't saying a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if we're gonna say Judd, let's say we get you out on a, your typical Muni course right now, you'd probably shoot what one twenty one. If you took Judd to Como, he'd shoot. 130, 120, 130. I'd shoot a bunch of eights, pick up the ball, and just go on to the yeah. next hole. I mean, right you'd now. be bad. But, yep. I mean, you give you an absolute, you know, 100% dedicated year to work with a swing coach to get you back into golfing shape, whatever shape that is. I would think at minimum, you'd have to be shooting mid 90s for a year. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Breaking 90, I don't know if I'd bet that much. Yeah. Hmm. But I could see you being, you know, a a bogey golfer, maybe a little bit worse, yep. but pretty much just, you know, straight bogey golfer. Mm-hmm. That I thought, sounds believable. A couple of friends and I were kicking this idea for a some sort of a TV or YouTube series around, like over beers on a golf course last year. Go to go to public courses. So Como, whatever. Whatever Muni course. Yep, exactly. And find 
a guy who's the equivalent of a club pro, even though I don't think muni courses really have club pros, right? But but if, like find the equivalent of a guy who really plays that course, maybe plays in the Minnesota State Am, a really good golfer who knows that course really well, and you would fly in a PGA Tour professional blind, and he'd have zero experience on that course. He'd essentially just like roll up to the first tee, and you get the scorecard, no yardage book, nothing. You got to figure it out as you go, just like anybody else would. And I don't know if you could ever get Rory McIlroy on the show, but could you get like, you know, could you get the 50th best golfer in the world shows up to a muni course just straight off the flight and see who wins against a, uh, the equivalent of a club pro who knows the course well? I would totally watch that. Maybe I'm just a nerd. It would be fun, especially if you get a nice, you know, course with some blind tee shots. Watching some pro just yeah. boom what they think is a perfect drive, 350 right down the middle. Hey, dummy, there's a pond there. Yeah. Hey, idiot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This could be entertaining. Uh, 651-646-8255. Dale, what's going on? Uh, not much. I, I just was listening to you guys talk about that training for one year dedicated to golf. Um, I mean, the athletic ability, no athletic ability. I, I think these guys are probably better athletes than we give them credit for. They could probably play any sport. That's what I've noted with uh, people that I've played golf with that were good golfers. They, they've played a lot of sports. And that being said, I think it would be fun if you took five people who never played golf, train them for a year, pay them a salary, put like a half a million dollars in there and see who can win. I mean, it would be kind of a cool reality show. Kind of it would be fun. About. <laughs> That'd be great. I would love it. I feel like I feel like Golf Channel probably does stuff like this, but who watches yeah, Golf Channel watch out, outside of Tiger Woods being on? <laughs> exactly. Besides Pat and Joe, where it's always on in the studio. If you took five guys like me, though, and for a year... Uh, that would be, I'd be, I, I think Dave's right. I think if you had a tournament after one year of intense training, I bet you we'd all shoot 90 ish, 95 still. Still topping balls every once in a while. Yes. Freaking I, out when you hit it in the bunker because you can't get it. And it out. can't be, and, and it, but it can't be a guy who, who has been successful in different sports. Hockey players are notoriously good golfers, so it would need to be like five guys like me. Yeah. I think the the freaking out thing. The I've been golfing since I was fourteen years old, and I've always just I've always been bogey double bogey golfer. Mm-hmm. I can count on one hand how many times I've broke ninety in my life. And once I gave up, like eight or ten years ago, maybe five to eight years ago, <laughs> eh, somewhere there. Once I gave up being mad at bad shots. If you can just accept the fact that you're never going to go pro, you're just out there to have fun, yep. it makes it much more enjoyable. Beer helps. But the guy who shoots 25 over par and gets pissed at every bad shot, there's a lot of guys like that. The worst to golf though. with. The worst. There's lots of guys like that who hack it around and get mad. God dang it. It's like, dude. It's like, <laughs> you're almost as bad as I am, just man. Chill out, man. Yeah. Don't spend 10 minutes looking for your ball. Or either. they throw Hold their out. clubs. I'm like, why are you throwing your club? Uh, Taryn Vavra, by the way, stud shortstop for the Gophers, who you'll see this weekend against Oregon State. He goes in the third round to the Colorado Rockies. So, congratulations to Taryn Vavra. He's hitting almost 400 on the season. He's one of the best hitters in the country. And he goes to the Colorado Rockies in the Major League Baseball draft. That's good. All right. Cool. Back tomorrow, we got what, Phil? <laughs> You're so bored with this right now. We, we this got, golf talk? No, it's fine. I'm not bored with golf talk at all. <laughs> we have all. Dan Hayes tomorrow. Dan Hayes tomorrow. All right. Not bored at all. Love the show.
This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.